Welcome to episode 77 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The worst place to be is a good place that is not the right place. Hi, this is Keith Tusi. Welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm so glad you chose to spend a few minutes with us here today. Uh, recently at the Network of Related Pastors National Conference, I shared a message on going forward or forward momentum. And I got such a great response from that message that I thought I would break it down and share it with you here on the next couple of podcasts. By the way, you can go to the NRP website, nrpastors.com, and that whole message is there. So you can listen to the whole message and then you can uh, join me for the next couple of weeks while we break the message down and go over it maybe in a little bit more detail again here. So in Exodus, the 14th chapter, Moses has finally got this children of Israel delivered out of Pharaoh's hands, or almost. In other words, they've left uh, their abodes, they've taken their goods, their children, their cattle, their sheep, their ox, they're on the way, they're marching, they don't know where they're marching to, actually, but they are following Moses, they're excited, they feel delivered, uh, and God is leading them, and then all of a sudden, Pharaoh changes his mind. Can you believe it, uh, that the circumstances changed and Pharaoh changed his mind and now he wants to come after them again and he's partly encouraged by the fact that it looks like they're roaming around back and forth uh, and so they're going to they're gonna come after Moses. But in the 14th chapter, in the second verse, it says, tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Thiharoth, between Migdal and the sea, you shall camp in front of Belzephon, opposite by the sea. So basically, they're on the banks of the Red Sea. They haven't crossed yet. And what caught me here about this is there is a Hebrew name, and then there is a Baal name. And we know, of course, Baal were the Egyptian gods. Belzephon, which means the lord of the typhoon. But the Hebrew name for the place right next to it is Philharoth. And uh, what that means is the place where sedge grows. So I did a little research because this just uh, kind of caught my attention. And sedge is a very heavy grass. It's like a three-bladed grass. I think technically it's actually a weed, but it's great for livestock. They can graze on it. It grows real quick. It doesn't trample down. So it's a great place. And so as Moses is leading them on this circuitous route uh, to the to the Red Sea, and by the way, in, in chapter 13, and I think it's verse 7 here, or uh, verse 17, excuse me, this is what God said. Now, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near, for God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So Pharaoh changed his mind. He knew that the children of Israel were fragile and they might change their mind. So he kind of took them on a road uh, that they didn't really know where they were going, maybe didn't know how to get back to where they came from. He kind of, God was boxing them in and they thought Pharaoh was boxing them in. 
But this place where the sedge grows would have been a place that they would have known about, that they would have probably seen. This would be the great place you could go. Man, could we just grow there and we could take our sheep and our ox and our livestock. We, we could prosper there. And God leads them right back to that place. Uh, you know, the worst place to be is a good place that's not the right place. Because you'll never go forward if you're stuck in a good place that's not the right place. And if you look at men and women who have really departed from the normal, from the average, you know, we, we tend to celebrate people who have come from real hard backgrounds. And of course, I'm in that club. But I'll tell you what, I think it's we should celebrate people that have come from very kind of, yeah, that's not a bad place to be. But in spite of that, they were not willing to stay there and they really wanted to go forward. So the worst place to be is a good place. It's just not the right place. And so God brought them to the land of Sedge and he had to lead them out of that place. By the way, that tactic that God used there, the fake retreat, because what happened was, as they were wandering around and they went back there, if you read verse two, they had already gone through there and God took them back, is a great military tactic. And, and military leaders have used it repeatedly to kind of trap their enemies. Uh, one of the, the most famous American illustrations of that would be Sam Houston, right after the Battle of the Alamo. If you remember, General Santa Ana, the Mexican general, overran the Alamo, wiped everybody out. It wasn't even a contest. But Sam Houston was on his way to the Alamo with kind of a motley crew of reserves, you know, guys, ranchers, farmers, you know, people that he had just kind of rounded up, several hundred of them, probably about 400. But half of them didn't even have guns. And most historians believe had Sam Houston got to the Alamo, he would have been wiped out with them too. So he started backpedaling, head, heading east, and Santa Ana knew he was coming, so he picked up his his well-regimented, well-armed army of over 1,500 men, and they started chasing Sam Houston. For 30 days, he bobbed and weaved as Santa Ana's well-armed army with their horses and mules and their food canteens and and. Sam Houston is just backtracking, trying to train his soldiers as he goes and picking up firearms as he goes. And what's interesting, during that time, some of the folks in that area had gone to Andrew Jackson and said, you know, Sam Houston's in full retreat and Santa Ana's chasing him. You know, what can we do? And uh, Andrew Jackson, who was Sam Houston's mentor, they had a they had a long term relationship. Uh, looked at the map and said, no, he's not retreating. He's going to attack Santa Ana right here. And he pointed to a head of a river where there was a river came together. And you know what? That's exactly what Sam Houston did right on the spot that Andrew Jackson said he was going to get him. And they literally, with that motley crew, took Santa Ana's army and either killed or captured every single person, including Santa Ana, and that's how the nation of Texas came to be birthed. And Sam Houston, of course, became the, the governor there as a result of his military exploits. But here's the thing that really stuck out to me about that. That in that retreat, or what looked like a retreat, and it was a retreat, Sam Houston was training and equipping his army even as he backpacked. So here's Moses 
He's backtracking. He's just being led, like, where do I go next? And he's trying to bring the children of Israel into some type of conformity, some type of uh, military presentation. But the thing I think we need to learn from it is, if you look at people that have gone through great hardships, which qualifies most of us, quite frankly, and some people that have gone through unbelievable hardships, the ones that have come out on the other end, the one thing I notice about them, that even in their retreat, even when they got knocked down, as the saying goes, they didn't get knocked out. Even when they were backing up, recovering from bankruptcy, recovering from a, a major physical affliction, recovering from a divorce, recovering from you know a heartbreaking church situation, recovering from a business dilemma that went bad. Even as they were backing up, rather than just retreating, they were retooling. And I guess I would say this to you today. Is there an area in your life that right now you're not where you want to be? Matter of fact, you've had to retreat. You've got singed around the edges. You've got burns. You've got your fingers slapped. Somebody changed their mind on you and left you holding the bag. You know, I mean, whatever it may be. But as you're backing up, are you saying, you know what? I'm going to learn. I'm going to gather myself. I'm going to rearm. I'm going to get bolder. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get more focused than I've ever been before. I think if we can learn to do that when we're going through life's hardships, once we get back to that place where we can relaunch, then we're already geared up. We already have momentum. You know, I literally was talking to a young man last night that has gone through some severe business trials, uh, a very talented, very gifted, uh, terrific young man. And I asked him, you know, he said, this past year was just very incredibly hard. I asked him, I said, well, what have you learned? And what are you doing with how you learn? While you're regrouping and you're going forward, you haven't quit. You haven't thrown a towel in. You thought you were going to be out of business, but but now you're not. And and somehow God is seeing you through. You know, what are the lessons you learned? And and are you going to keep learning or are you just going to wait for things to get better? Waiting for things to get better, my friend, is a bad plan. Wanting things to get better is a nice idea. Helping things get better, forcing them to get better, is even a better plan. So don't get stuck in the land of sedge where, you know, the grass will come back and you can go and you can grow, but you'll never be the man or you'll never be the woman that God has called you to be. If you're going to go forward, there's a good chance you're not only going to have to leave some unpleasant circumstances, but you're going to have to leave some unpleasant circumstances or some, excuse me, some pleasant circumstances as well. Some places that really just aren't so bad, they're just not the place you should be. I want to encourage you to really take an inventory and ask yourself that question, what is stopping me right now from really going forward? In the next couple podcasts, I'm going to share with you five very practical, very reasonable things you can put your hands on, you can sink your teeth into, that will help you to go forward. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, share it with somebody. Maybe even sit down and listen to it together with them. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Today, Keith began a discussion on moving forward. Forward is not a place. Forward is emotion. Forward is a commitment. If you are in a season of backing up or repositioning, determine that you are not going down, but going forward despite the temporary loss of ground. God wants you to go forward. 
Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.